0: BetOnline is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports for this year's NBA playoffs. BetOnline is your sports intel headquarters this season, as we have you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs. From basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, golf, to UFC and boxing. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games, available to play right from your home. Get into the action today, so head to the the website or use your mobile device to join, and be sure to use our promo code BLEAV to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. What's up, H-town? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast, your home for all things Astros. With your hosts, sports writer Jeff Bulky and. Astros broadcaster and former third baseman, Jeff Blum. Now, here's Bulky and Blummer. What is up, Astros fans? Welcome to episode 68 of the Believe in Astros podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. I'm Jeff Bulky alongside my partner, Jeff Blum, who's back from the longest roadie of the season. And that's a a long road trip, Blummer.
1: It was a long one. We left uh, early on or late on a Wednesday. We had an off day in Seattle, then an off day in Chicago. So when you include those two off days into a nine-game trip, yeah, it, it extends it a little bit. We've got two more uh, this season. Are they that long? Are the other two this this year that yeah, long? Or are they? let's They're see. pretty close, right? Yeah, they're extremely close. And they actually might be longer because really? uh, the I end of June – yeah, the end of June, we've got a uh, day off on June 22nd, three games in L.A. It looks like an off day in St. Louis for three days, and then a four-game series in Texas to finish off that road trip. Oh, God. Four days in Dallas. God yeah. bless you. When is, well, that, when is that June? What? What's the date on that? <clears throat> uh, June 22nd to July 3rd. Oh, man. Holy yeah. moly. I and then come you come to- out of the All-Star break with another – what three, four, five, uh nine game trip on the West Coast? Holy Lord! I may come yeah. up to that.
0: I may come up to that Dallas game. I may come up there and see that. See Mimic May do Park it. for myself. Break up the
1: monotony for me.
0: I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm doing that. Hey, I'll take you to my uh, cousin's restaurant. I was going to say,
1: the, we'll the be- damn well better.
0: Yeah, we'll hit that restaurant. That, that's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna do that it's good I'm putting yeah, that on the calendar right now pay your
1: friendship dues
0: <laughs> that's exactly right <laughs> <laughs> so I, I know more birthdays obviously but I, I'd be remiss in not mentioning the fact that this Thursday is my father-in-law Alan Matiso's 86th and oh. you know, he is a massive, massive baseball fan. And my my good friend Katya Horner, who's a huge friend of the show and is always sending me cool stats and has been an Astros fan forever. Her birthday's Saturday. So a lot of good birthdays in the, in
1: the birthday few weeks here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Also, I'm wearing my Rockets hat today because today is hashtag? hashtag today is hashtag pray for Victor. The draft <laughs> lotto is tonight <laughs> to decide who is going to draft the unicorn. Victor Wimbiana,
1: We'll see. Uh, how's it going this morning, Blummer? Are you glad to be home? Always glad to be home. Yeah. Laundry day yesterday was uh, <laughs> excessive, but uh, <laughs> eventually bet. got done. And it's a, it's a two-person show, too. I get it, I usually get it started and then leave. And uh, <laughs> my wife, as gracious and amazing as she is, gets it done for me. So when I came home, I had a closet full of, of clean clothes, and the suitcases nice. were away, and it felt like home
0: nice my wife and i yeah. are very good about splitting duties uh with things we all we each have our things that we hate and we each have our things that we're more than happy to do so we we're pretty good about dividing those things that's what you got to do if you if you're in a healthy relationship you got to divide and conquer yes,
1: yes. appreciate that very much so that's awesome
0: <laughs> absolutely uh you can find us on spotify apple stitcher and of course youtube be sure to like and subscribe to keep up with us Follow us on Twitter at Believe in Astros. Also on Instagram. You can find me at Jeff Balky Blummer at Blummer27 all over the place. And you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, you Got to be alerted to those new videos. There's always something of interest for everybody on that thing. Um, thanks to everyone who's given us five stars and left reviews on Apple. Please continue to do so. Um, I'm not saying, <clears throat> again, that you create fake emails for this. I'm just saying go ahead and create a fake email. That's what I'm going yeah i'm asking you to do it's it's circumventing the system but you know sometimes you got to game things that's all i'm saying and uh (laughs) please keep sending us comments and questions got a couple today um that i'll we'll dig into in a bit but our my question for the day is was that side eye from Aaron judge anything ah jeez, man catch that this is the world of conspiracy theories in which we live blummer
1: yeah, and I mean, and now we have cameras everywhere. And I, you know, yes. I remember back in 2017, I believe it was the ALCS uh, mm-hmm. against the Yankees, and the you know, Aaron Judge had that piece of paper. He was showing somebody in the dugout, and quickly the camera pans to the dugout, and he's like, "Oh right. my god!" He turns away. You know, <clears throat> so there. You just mentioned it, gamesmanship. You know, the multiple That's emails it. or the multiple peaks, whatever it is. Um, yeah. The only thing that I can say about that, you know, I don't know where he was looking. I honestly have no idea. But I know that um, it was on the catcher when I, you know, I always do it. I have that voice where I go back in my day. We used to, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, if, if somebody, if, if the catcher, catchers were usually keen To that, you know, every once in a while when they were before pitch calm, they'd put their hand in their crotch, give the sign to the pitcher, and then they'd kind of peek up at the hitter to make sure that the hitter wasn't peeking at them. But now that you have pitch calm, I'm kind of like, what is he looking at? Why is he looking? And the only thing would be, you know, I don't know, somebody said something from the dugout and he kind of glanced over, but how are they getting the, you know, how is anybody getting the signs these days? The only thing you can pick up is location. You know, if the catcher sets up early enough. So, I don't know. I mean, I is guess. there something there? I don't know. I have no idea.
0: I'm not a bit – I just – you know me, man. I'm not a fan of conspiracy theories as a general rule. And, frankly, if he looks over at the dugout, what do I care? You know, like, yeah. if they ultimately – now, in fairness, he did hit a home run during that at mm-hmm. bat. But, I mean, listen, man. We're all – everybody's trying to get an edge, right? Yeah. And as much as I dislike the Yankees, well, whatever. You know, I mean, honestly, they were they
1: were using the center field camera from the Yes yeah. Network before the Astros were doing anything. That's so, right, whatever.
0: And remember the the whole like was it the iPad scandal and or iPhones or whatever the hell it was uh, the Apple sport? Watch from Boston Apple Watch Apple Watch in Boston. There you go. Well, mm-hmm. whatever. Sometimes people, you know, look. Sometimes you get caught, and sometimes you don't, and that's just part of the. it's Just part or of the way. Sometimes you get you,
1: scapegoated. Whatever.
0: Correct. That is correct. Thank you, John. We Boy. know we know
1: the Yankees aren't gonna get popped for anything. No,
0: of course not. I mean what again, who cares? Just let them Who cares? Let, well, you know, what do you, what is, you always say, Blummer? What is it? Let the kids be kids, man. <laughs> that's what it. Is. Hey, before. Yes, play before, the game. That's right. Game. So before we dig in too much, I want to tell you a kind of a weird story. So I bought an e-bike for myself. Now, an electric bike, I have a great mountain bike. I love to ride it. But I wanted something where I could commute a little bit for, like, groceries and go to the gym and, you know, something where I wasn't going to, like, totally wear myself out on a 20-mile round trip. Um <laughs> (laughs) Um, And it's been great. I love it. Shout out to uh, Pedigo in the Heights. They're awesome. But when I bought this bike, I got a deal on it because they lent it out to police officers to ride in parades. And so they gave me this incredible deal on it because it had, you know, maybe 150 miles already on it or something. But here's the weird part. The battery for this thing is signed by Craig Biggio. Now, I do not huh? know why the battery was signed by Craig Biggio, but apparently he is a big customer of theirs. Like, he's bought a number of bikes from them. What? And for some reason, he signed the battery to my e So, I'm riding around on this bike now. Dude, I'm using
1: that in 30 <laughs> seconds, man.
0: <laughs> I know. That's the first thing I thought was, man, maybe I could get something for this battery for an e-bike.
1: There is somebody um, out there that will overpay for that. I guarantee so,
0: it. So, so I'm rolling around Houston on my e-bike with my Craig Biggio autograph battery. Anyway, it's just very. I just thought it was so bizarre that I'm like, a Biggio signed my. All right, I feel yeah, maybe gotta, we should just you get
1: call it your call it your Biggie bike.
0: <laughs> we should just get Biggio on the show just to talk about that. That should be yeah. his only conversation. Never mind Explain baseball. This. Let's talk about your e-bike autograph. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. I want to know. Moving on, a pretty uncharacteristic outing from Fromber last night. The dude could not hit the strike zone. Did you see anything
1: (laughs) odd in his delivery, or like what? Did you see anything? No, he just looked. He looked fatigued from pitch from pitch one. Just for me personally, Mm -hmm. Uh, the first pitch of the game, he was wiping sweat off his brow. I don't know. I don't know. You know, it it was just an oddity, and uh, the the most obvious thing and. You know, me being a color analyst on the broadcast, I cannot stand up there in with my headset on and expect to retain any form of dignity by saying, oh, it's because he's not wearing his blue jersey. Oh, I know. <laughs> so, so I everybody know, on social on. media, I appreciate you pointing that out, but I can't stand there and go, well... Tk, it's because he does not have the standard blue jersey that he likes to wear. You know, it's it, it, there's there's other factors in there. I know. Blue, affects, I know guys
0: are superstitious and all, but come on.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> and you know what's crazy is that the two two the two non quality starts he has this season. One was the uh, Space City uniform last night. The other was the uh, opening day gold jersey the gold that he jerseys. had to wear so you know conspiracy theories run with that but as far as actual analysis i cannot use that uh but uh it, you know the the sinker wasn't uh, running it ran you know the one home run he gave up was a cutter that flattened out and a couple of uh double the other way to patrick wisdom it was just a two-seamer that ran back over the middle part of the plate mm-hmm. so to your point you make a great point that the command wasn't there because he was off the plate, but when he was on the plate, he actually got hit around a little bit because the mistakes were out over the plate, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it was one of the more odd stat lines I've seen because yeah, he got hit hard, but he still had eight strikeouts in f- what four, right. four and a two-thirds or four and yeah. three whatever it was. I was like, dang, so he still had the swing and miss stuff, but the timing of the hits was terrible and uh, the slug number was actually pretty high against him in that game yesterday against the Cubs.
0: It just seems like he caught too much of the plate when he did. Yeah. And when exactly. he didn't, he was just off. I mean, he still had good movement on his fastball. You know, this, it was that arm side movement he gets. Mm-hmm. A, he gets a lot on that thing. He gets thing. a ton
1: of it, man. And he's throwing I mean, not hard, ex- you know. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's not exactly a sweeper, which is no. the new all the rage. Yeah, sweep now. No sweeping.
1: Yeah. It's. Uh, <laughs> Um, but, but what was crazy to me, oh man, I had a thought in my head and it completely blacked out. <laughs> Welcome to 9 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, no kidding. It got me good right there. So swing and a miss. I'm 0 for 1. <laughs> well, so the
0: bullpen, as usual, was lights out, including Rafael Mantero, who has followed with some struggles. I mean, the guy has, has Thank been. Thank you for a Jeremy off. Pena. Yeah, I was going to say, man. I still gave up hard contact, but Jeremy Pena with just the lights out defensive play of the night. Um, but you know, and I feel like that's the kind of thing that Mike could get him feeling a little bit better. You know, he gets the, it gets a oh, clean yeah. inning. You know, so you just, I'm sure it's. He said, you know, after his last outing that he was he was throwing his pitches, he was just catching too much of the zone, and um, yeah, you would think with a guy like Montero that. He's not. I mean, he's you know throwing ninety five, ninety six, but he's not throwing ninety nine like Stanek did last night, almost Mm -hmm. blowing a hundo on occasion. Um, So you just, I don't think he can just blow by guys. So he's got to locate, and when he locates, like he really does a good job. But when he does locate, he can dot a corner as good Mm -hmm. as good as anybody. But you know, uh, yeah, thanks to Jeremy Pena for saving that, and the rest of the bullpen just as usual, just you know, lights out.
1: Yeah, you know what's cool is uh, I actually thought Phil Maton was going to come in for for mm-hmm. another inning, but uh, he threw one inning, gave it to Seth Martinez. How good has Seth Martinez looked, by the way? His last right. five or six outings, yeah, I believe have been scoreless. He kind of it looks like he's made a little bit of an adjustment to that delivery, mm-hmm. and the ball's coming out of his hand a lot better. And uh, like you said, Stanek looked amazing. Naris has been pitching really well too. His numbers continue say- to drop. And, uh, you know, I want to, you know, there was a great article in The Athletic talking about Rafael Montero because his peripherals are actually better than the actual numbers. Now, I know that you know, you're getting paid and judged on your actual production and your actual okay. numbers. But if you go, you can actually see if a guy is pitching into bad luck or not. And you know, the expected batting average against Montero is incredibly low. I think around two fifteen. the expected slugging is very low against him mm-hmm. yet. The actual numbers are extremely high because of the soft contact. So his ERA at six and a half, he, he probably has a FIP I think around three and a half. So mm-hmm. there's a big difference in that. And eventually by the end of the season, and you hope that evens out. But a lot of it's because of the soft contact, yep. bad luck, ball finding a hole. But last night he got some good luck in having Jeremy Payne make a good play behind him, mm. and uh, what a luxury for Dusty Baker – you know, on a night where he expected Fromber Valdez to go his you know his standard six to seven innings, he he got good coverage from five guys out of that bullpen who did a great job without yeah. without their two best relievers. I believe in Abreu and Presley. I thought it was a great game, good team win.
0: It was a very good team win. We're going to dig in a little bit into the 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 pitching numbers here in a minute. I've got some interesting stats on that, but um, we could call Jeremy Pena. It's a blue star play, Blummer. <laughs> yeah. We'll give him a blue star on that one. Um, Jose Abreu, speaking of maybe turning a corner, he had a double, a single, a walk. Last time I was on base three times. Some slug. We, we got a slug g- number. I know. Unbelievable. Can we glean anything from this? I mean, I just, you know, I just can't believe that Jose Abreu is going to go an entire season, you know, hitting this poorly, slugging this poorly. I mean, the whole team's kind of doing it, but I just can't imagine he's going to do that
1: but <laughs> No, you can't imagine he can do that. He's going to do that because his track record is so good. And you just hope that, uh, you know, even with an age regression, he should still be a very good hitter because he's just a talented baseball player. Now, at, at the same time, we haven't seen him turn on a baseball. So I was kind of mm-hmm. uh, fascinated that he actually pulled that double to the left, left center field side. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's a sign of things to come. And uh, the one thing that really shocked me is uh, the Chandler Rome tweet that said that he has a he has one home run in his last 400 plate appearances that's that's a little that's a staggering number because that's, that's just huge. over a half season for some of these guys
0: Wow! I didn't see that. I, I that's an that is
1: an incredible number. Yeah, that one um, like stunned me because I'm sitting, you know, I'm watching a brave, he's Trying, he's fighting, he's making adjustments, he's doing things, and he's got, you know, uh, you know, he's fifth or sixth in uh, career home runs for the Chicago White Sox organization. Yet Chandler dropped that bomb, and I went, "Oh, ooh. yikes!" That is a that is a oof. That's a
0: painful stat. That's not a good one. I don't care for that no. one at all. Although another and good news. Yainer Diaz with his first big league homer, and he gets the silent treatment in the dugout. Did you ever get the silent treatment, Blummer?
1: no i wasn't cool enough nobody cared about me
0: <laughs> oh come on <laughs> no it,
1: no they, that that was no i never did but that was one of the more because we saw that happen to altuve mm-hmm. a couple of years ago yeah when i you know took him 100 bats at bats to hit his first home right. run but um with yiner diaz that was so well executed top to bottom that you how do you not enjoy that that was fascinating it was enjoyable <laughs> i laughed uh, wholeheartedly at that and me i thought too. that was really well done it was a Lot of fun to watch.
0: It was super fun to watch, and just it, what a great moment for that kid too to be able to go. Out. And I think kids never forget that. No, that's it's 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 so great when you're when you're recognized by your teammates in that way, mm-hmm. and they, they they recognize how important that moment is, and that was just super cool. Also, is JP France for real? I mean, yeah. What, I mean, is he? What is? I mean, what is going on with Fu Manchu?
1: Like, <laughs> yeah. Fu Man I, strikeout. He, his fastball plays. Is there, you know, there's right. something going on, and you know, the more he pitches, the more data we're going to get, and the more we're going to be able to unpack mm-hmm. what he's actually able to go out and do. But, you know, 93 to 94 seems to play, and maybe he's one of those guys that has that late life on his fastball, like a Christian Javier. But, you know, this guy's going out and never underestimate the guy who's grinding away for six to eight years in the minor leagues. You right. know, these guys create. The reason they stick around is because they adjust, they adapt, they 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 grind. Um, but for whatever reason, J.P. France has gone out there and kind of, you know, he's kind of manipulated that strike zone and worked extremely hard to uh, have two very, very good starts to start his big league career. Yeah, it's
0: it's been kind of remarkable that he's been sort of able, he's able to hold it down bright. You know, uh, Brandon Bielak had a good outing. Um, this is kind of what the Astros have to have right now. Uh, That and their bullpen, you know, while they're waiting around for guys.
1: No, you need some guys to hold hold their ground a little bit. But I think what Belak and uh, JP France have done is done more than hold their ground. They've actually kind of given you some sense that, oh, damn! Even though July thirty first is coming, what if we can hold down the hold down the place for a little while until uh, some of these guys get healthy? I don't know, man, because you know Lance McCullers is going to be hopefully coming back here uh, relatively soon because his arm looks good in some of the yeah. video that I've seen. But uh, there's so, these guys have pitched themselves into viable options that maybe kind of take your hand away from that panic button a little bit for the time being. And I give them credit, too. You know, you talk about timing and uh, – timing in baseball and who you're matching up against they have matched up against uh you know the seattle mariners and the chicago white Sox in those two starts those are two teams that are struggling offensively and they've yeah. taken advantage of it so you got to give them credit in that sense for taking advantage of a key key opportunities
0: well yeah you still have to make your pitches right absolutely I mean, you still, still big
1: league to- hitters man i don't care what anybody says
0: yeah you got to get up there and make your pitches and that's just how it is so Jose Altuve, a couple of uh a couple of rehab starts at sugarland sold out nights for sugarland good for the space cowboys <laughs> now a couple of rehab starts in corpus back to uh old stompy grounds i would imagine um oh yeah and at uh, whataburger field down there um i gotta get down to a hooks game man i just gotta get down that's there that's a great see that place. stadium
1: i rehabbed there for uh, for a couple of games and i, I had a blast it was a yeah, great I get, spot
0: i gotta get down there um so, here's the thing. He should be back next week. I mean, I don't think there's any reason to think that he's not going to be back, which is remarkable and, ama- and fantastic. <laughs> <It's> crazy. <laughs> you know, but what if we know about what's going on with Michael Brantley? Like, the whole thing Uh-oh. about, it's like, it's not a setback, but we're shutting him down and he's not hitting. Like, what's going on?
1: Do we know? Um, I wish I knew. You know, I'm not in that training room. I'm not in the meetings. I, I'm not Michael Brantley, obviously. Um You know, I know he's. you can see the disappointment when he's talking about it because he wants to be back playing too, Uh, but I have no idea. You know, you go through this process of rehabbing and it just takes maybe one swing or an awkward move and all of a sudden you've got uh, swelling, inflammation, or you tweak it and you just don't feel right. So I don't know what's going on, but I know that uh, it's disappointing for us. It's disappointing for him. But uh, again, at the same time, these – you know in these situations when you have that kind of surgery you have a tendency to err on the side of caution and maybe yeah. that's what this is and just let it settle down a little bit and he'll get back out there swinging again but you know when when he comes when he gets healthy enough to get back on the field i would imagine that rehab window is going to be a little bit smaller than it was previously where he was out there for 2 3 weeks getting hit you know getting at bats yeah. i think it's going to be a little bit more brief than that it's just going to go out there make sure it's right make sure it's not swelling up or inflaming yeah. or whatever the, you know, the comment was, and then he'll get back on the big league team. I don't think it's going to be as extensive.
0: Yeah. I think you're probably right. We'll just have to see. I, like you said, I, I kind of tend to think with things like this, they do just, sometimes it's just like, listen, he got a tiny little, uh there's something weird in his shoulder. So let's just hold on, everybody take it easy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I can see where that would uh where that would be an issue um and might just shut him down a little bit we, we it's but the thing is we, the Astros really do need him back so channel yes, room t- general <laughs> tweeted this out and this was the Astros are slashing 238 308 at 364 this is after 39 games and their their OPS is
1: 672 which is Dude. 28th in baseball Last and, I checked, there's only 30 teams in the big leagues. Exactly. They're, and
0: their slugging percentage, 364, is 27th. Another friend of the show, Greg Cartlett, pointed out to me this morning on Twitter that the overall team OPS right now is lower than it was during the 300 lost seasons.
1: Ah, Ow. Ow. So,
0: I mean, what ow. the heck? I mean, Thank Thank God, God never, for pitching I, well that's and yeah we'll we'll talk about that what it like what is this collective thing that happens with baseball teams it's so confusing to me and I and I know a lot of fans I've talked to people who are like why is it that all of a sudden you know everybody mm-hmm. just can't hit like what is that
1: is well hitting is contagious much like a lot of things but at the mm-hmm. same time I'm gonna ask you, is it is it collective? Is is the slugging for the Astros is it collective? Because your is slugging five sixty-seven, mm-hmm. Kyle Tucker at four thirty-one, you've got Jeremy Pena at four twenty-seven, Chaz at four forty-two. Those are your leaders as far as slugging is concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mauricio Dubon is at 372. And then you scroll down to an Alex Bregman, who's at 346. So, you know, my, I mean, I'm not trying to throw these guys under the bus, complain, no, rag, a good point. None, of, none of this. It's there's two guys that are expected to slug and are slugging those that's Kyle Tucker and Jordan Alvarez the other guys you expect to slug are not so i'm i'm kind of in the camp of it's not a team wide thing there is a handful of or You're an all-star. You're expected to produce. You've got the contracts. Your corner guys are expected to go out there and slug, and they're not. Your corner guys in the outfield are. Your left fielder and right fielder are doing all of the damage, a majority of it. And then you're seeing uh, Jeremy Pena with flashes of doubles and power. He's got that. But you're not seeing that consistent uh, slug number from your corner infielders and Abreu and Bregman, Mm -hmm. and then you are missing a Jose Altuve. You are missing a a Michael Brantley. So that's where I think the discrepancy is. Because I'm not expecting, you know, Chaz is putting up good numbers. Jake Myers has taken great at-bats and great Mm -hmm. swings. But those aren't guys I'm expecting. I'm not expecting Martin Maldonado, Jake Myers, Chaz McCormick, or Mauricio Dubon to go out there and do damage. But there are certain guys that we do expect. That just aren't producing right now, unfortunately. And maybe they do, you know, maybe, you know, it turns around. Bregman hits a home run last night. Abreu hits a double. Maybe these things start to snowball and they, you know, like crack the coat of their swing. And all of a sudden they're off and being a juggernaut and those numbers start to jump.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point, Blummer, that there are guys who are. Her doing fine, and then there are other guys who are doing. I think that might be part of it. Is there's a lot of above average guys? There's a few, a handful of above average guys, yeah. And a some bunch separation, of, yeah, yeah, and a bunch of below average guys, and that'll definitely it'll you know it breaks the curve, <laughs> you know, like in, <laughs> yeah. you know it's a curve buster for sure, Um, and especially with Jordan too, because Jordan is so far and away. So good this year. I mean, we don't listen. It's weird. It's a little weird that we don't really spend much time on here talking about Jordan, but also he's so good. And it's such a given that what do you even say? You're just like, yeah, well, I've run out of
1: things to describe him. It's just,
0: there's no way to describe him other than say, he's just incredible. And I, you know, whenever there's a great player like him, and I said this about Justin Verlander and I've said it about other players before don't, sleep on that if you're a fan, right? Um, I remember mm-hmm. uh, growing up and watching Hakeem Olajuwon play from college all the way through the pros and watching Craig Biggio and Jeff Bagwell play and seeing Nolan Ryan pitch, you know, <clears throat> and watching, you know, Dr. J and basketball and seeing like just incredible players one after the other. You don't want to sleep on that stuff because it's very fleeting, <laughs> It goes real quick. And before you know it, these guys are not going to be out there doing this anymore. And then you're going to be like, man, remember when Cesar Cedinio was so great? Or remember, you know, know, like back in my day, you know, exactly right. And pull that out. Appreciate it. Yes. Appreciate what we're seeing from this guy because it is stunning. Now, speaking of stunning. Michael Schwab had a stat on pitching for the Astros, which I think is fascinating. Basically, mm-hmm. what he did is he showed the team ERA, starter ERA, bullpen ERA, and the starters inning pitched for 2023 and for 2022. And the difference is marginal. Like, the team ERA mm-hmm. is 332 this year. It was 301 last year. Starters, you had 331. Last year, 320. Bullpen, 335. Last year, 273. Number of innings pitched for starters, 209. Last year at this time, that one surprised me. Right, 202. And this is the other perspective. The Astros don't have four of their starters from 2022. McCullough, <laughs> Jerkidi, Garcia, or Justin Verlander. And they've got two rookies in Hunter Brown and J.P. France pitching. And they've still gone more innings than last year. I mean... That's some um, I don't know what to say about that other than my goodness, they're pitching uh their pitching staff coaching has gotta I mean it's off the charts. Look at what they're doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and what surprises me is a guy like JP France getting into that fifth or sixth inning because in the minor leagues they're not taxing those guys. Right, they're piggybacking them because they've got you know five or six starters down there. They all want them get starts, but they also want to get innings and and uh, pitch numbers up. But at the same time, you know you're limited to eighty five total pitches. You're only pitching five innings. You know there's some limitations in the minor leagues. So I appreciate what JP France has actually done because coming out of the minor leagues and you know five. Or six starts, he wasn't really stretched out to the extent, but yet he's been hyper efficient getting into the sixth inning uh, against the Chicago White Sox, going a solid five after you know a rough inning, uh, first inning in Seattle. So I really appreciate what they're doing, but at the same time, it's amazing to know that the expectation for an Astros starter mm-hmm. is to go six minimum. That's the mentality when you dig into the rubber that first inning of a ball game is I am going six. And that's where I think Josh Miller deserves a little credit. Bill Murphy out there in the bullpen. Mm -hmm. Those guys deserve a lot of credit for creating that mentality and creating that opportunity and creating that expectation that in this modern day of analytics doesn't lend itself to extended outings for starters like that.
0: Yeah, it's just been really impressive to see how the Astros – just how they grind it, you know I mean? Like they, they leave their guys out there. um, You know, it's pretty rare to see somebody come out there and say, okay, you're getting drilled. You know, sometimes you just gotta, Mm -hmm. it it feels like you've just got to take one, you know, if you're getting it around,
1: you will learn how to be poised in those situations or you will be let go or sent down. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's the fight or flight. And these guys are fighting like crazy.
0: It's a it's a fascinating to look at those stats though and to see like how close they were compared to last year. I, I think one of the difficult things in baseball and and is that it is so long. The season is so long, and there's so many at bats and so many pitches. And so mm-hmm. there is a there's a recency bias that happens probably more so in in baseball than in anything else. Like with football, for example, everything's concentrated in every single week. So, you and then you spend a whole week breaking it down and talking about it. With baseball, like one bad play, you can't really think or talk about it for very long because you got another game the next day and you just keep moving. But for fans, you know, I I was telling my buddy, like I told you the other day, my buddy likes to refer to Ryan Presley as Ryan Stressley. And, um, (laughs) and he, he is, he's of the mind that, that Presley, you know, just shouldn't be the closer. And I'm like, yeah, but look at his numbers. I mean, look at how good he's been. Does he occasionally be slave? Yeah. Doesn't everybody, like he's not Mariano Rivera in his prime, but that's, who is you know yeah, so, yeah, seriously I, when you find him sign him up exactly so it's just it's hard though because when you're watching in baseball it's just so many games it's just so like the 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 constant like you know pressure of all of that is just it's mm-hmm. overwhelming and it's hard to be patient.
1: Well, it's hard to be patient, and, and you can dig yourself a hole in a hurry too because yeah. you are playing every day. You know, you, you can turn an over four into an over twenty in about, you know, six or seven <laughs> games, and all of a sudden you're going, man, I got a hole to dig out of. Or if you're a reliever, you give up that one two spot or three spot in an inning, and all of a sudden you see your ERA jump like a Rafael Montero, and you're looking at the rest of the season going, damn, I gotta I gotta go out there and go shuddy, the rest of the man. way to get my numbers down to where I want them. Right. Uh, but I also think there is a benefit. To knowing that, you know, if you do have a blow up game, you have a little bit shorter term memory because you've got to turn right around and prepare for that next start. Yeah. Or that next at bat or that next game. So, you know, it's kind of interesting. But yeah, when you compare, you know, a hundred and sixty-two game season to an 18 game season, uh, you know, every every one NFL game is nine major league baseball games. If, <laughs> wow, if you think about that's it, that's unbelievable. <laughs> it's like
0: three series. Yeah, it's exactly, crazy. Man. Do you, let me ask you this, Bloomer, like how much do guys, I mean, I'm sure obviously it's different for everybody, but like how much do guys look at those numbers and think things like that? Like crap, I've got to get these numbers. But I mean, do you guys think about that much?
1: Um, I No, not in the big term, like in the big, you know, not that they don't look at it from that 40,000, you know, foot level. They look a little right. bit lower, you know, one of the best pieces of advice I got from somebody was just take it every, every, you know, go every 10 at bats, you know, because then you're thinking, oh, I just got to get three hits, you know, and it kind of it kind of limits the the kind of limits the imagination of man if I don't get those three hits what do I do but you have 10 at bats to go out there and get three, eight, three hits and if you get two you're hitting 200 what do I do the next 10 go out there and get a couple more I'll be all right so you try and limit it I know a lot of guys used to look at it monthly they would give themselves I want to hit three to five home runs I want to drive in so many runs and then all of a sudden you kind of said okay that month's over what do I have to do next month and let's go out there and try and attack it that way but once you start looking at Man, I'm only hitting two, you know, two hundred right now. That means I've got to, you know, you start doing big math, that's when you got big problems.
0: <laughs> I can imagine. I just think it's it's a it's a wild the kind of pressure that comes along with that kind of stuff. And and yeah, I think that, you know, uh, looking at it every few, it's one of the it's one of the very few uh, professions of any kind, never mind sports or anything else, where 30% success rate is considered like elite. <laughs> I mean, it's just, that's just unbelievable. So, uh, last thing before we go, we got the Cubs for a couple more games. I will be at the ballpark tonight, taking in the, the, doing a, doing my usual taking in of the game and trying to, uh, assess what's happening. I don't know what the hell I'm going to find out if that anybody else (laughs) will, but we'll, we'll see. We'll give it a shot. Um, And then the A's. So the Astros do have a chance to, like, you know, make up a little bit of ground here. Uh, You don't ever want to put the, you know, count your chickens, as they say. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, this is probably the right time for them to start making a little bit of a move if they were going to do it. Um, And then maybe get Altuve back next week. And, you know, who knows?
1: Yeah. TK and I talked about, uh, you know, I think it was that last game on the road trip where they were one game above 500. And, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's 500 fatigue or what, but just the two of us were just kind of like, Man, can we get past this 500 mark and not think about it anymore? Right. You know, they were you know they were like 20 and 19, and we're like, man, this is, this team's too good to be at 500 right now. Mm-hmm. And we know they're they're beat up. There's injuries, maybe some tough competition at the end of April, but this is definitely a spot. You know, finishing with the Chicago White Sox, taking two out of three from them was a good thing because that's a that's a team in complete turmoil. They really are. And then you have the Cubs coming in who maybe overachieved early in the in the year now i believe they're they've lost 15 of their last 20 or something like that so they're kind of reeling a little bit it's good timing to go beat up on them and then you have the oakland a's so this homestand is a real opportunity like you're pointing out for them to get six (laughs) selfishly i want them to be six or seven (laughs) games above 500 same yeah because this is I think that's the expectation. you can't go into that as a ball player, but you and I not playing now we look at this and we're going, dude this is you got to go out and beat these teams. They know that internally, but at the same time you have to go out and do it. so you can't go out there and say, oh, we're gonna win this ball game. You got to go out there pad your stats, get your yeah. numbers, pound on some you know get your pound of flesh from the Oakland As yeah. and bury these guys and get up there against the Texas Rangers and say, we're here again. You know, this is the American League West. We're the Houston Astros. We're here again, and we'll be yeah. ready to go out there and play for you. But it would be a real confidence boost. It'd be a stat boost. And obviously, it'd put a lot of us uh, behind microphones at ease talking about this team. No
0: doubt. And I tell you what, I don't, the, the Las Vegas A's, pardon me, So I'll just go ahead and shoot that out there. But I, we, need, like, we need to talk about that a little bit more. God. Someday. It's, yeah, we're going to bring that up on a future podcast because. The crazy thing about the the Vegas thing is how ridiculously weird the whole process is. Like the whole thing is just- everything
1: about it. Everything. I'm I'm, the more I more I think about it, the more I'm like, what the hell is going on? I mean, yeah, they're they're like,
0: we're gonna build it here. No, we're gonna build it here. Oh, we we need five hundred million from the city. No, we just need three hundred and fifty million. Just three hundred and fifty million from the city. It's ridiculous
1: but you're going to build a billion and a half dollar stadium or whatever it is for a payroll of 35 million. Huh. I, don't, this is I don't, like know. there's certain things where I'm going, okay, it makes sense for the A's to, to move. But at the same time, I'm so ingrained in Oakland with this team and this, the history of the franchise. Right. But then I'm looking at Las Vegas who, you know, there were questions on whether or not they'd make a hockey team work. And they're one of the one of the best franchises yeah. in the league now, but I'm going is is Vegas looking at the A's and going, yeah, we got our we got our <laughs> franchise.
0: I mean, I can't imagine. I don't know what's wrong with the owner. I just hope it's
1: not a blown spootinator. That's what I think <laughs> might be
0: wrong. <laughs> That's what's that that might be what's wrong with the owner. No. And the owner no. might have
1: a blown spootinator. Completely. It's, oh you my don't god! Don't want to have a blown sputinator. It's not good for anybody.
0: It's not good for anybody. I yeah. I, we're going to definitely talk about that. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit more on Friday um, when we. Because I I just I feel like I need to dig into that a little bit because <clears throat> I I so for a while I did spend some time dealing with arenas and stadiums and stuff. Yeah. I have more knowledge about that than I'd care to want to you know than I really want, frankly. Um, and I just, like, viewing this from, from this distance, it is some of the weirdest and most bizarre stuff I've ever seen. Because, first of all, the numbers are outrageous. I mean, the numbers yeah. are insane. A billion dollars for a stadium complex in, a, in Vegas is just insane. And then just, like, when you look at what we've done here in Houston, you know, we spent – the most expensive stadium was NRG, right? Mm -hmm. It was $450 million roughly. Uh, It was, I mean, how it was done was not great. But the other stadiums, you look at Minute Maid, under $200 million built. Renovations on it, about $150 million since then. You've got Toyota Center, cost about $235 million to build. They're working on renovations for that, probably $7,500 million worth of renovations that are going into that. You've got the Dynamo Stadium, which is a super cool Facility, yeah, um, nice. much less. All of these m- money coming from hotel occupancy and car rental taxes, which in Houston is great because we're not a tourist city. So, most of the people mm-hmm. who come here who do that are um, people coming for conventions or for business and things like that. So, that all just gets written into those costs. But a place like Vegas, where are they going to get the money from? You're going to suddenly start taxing people more mm-hmm. in Vegas? For I don't know. Again, I'm going to leave it because I, I'll just roll on. Well, I'll just rampage say,
1: on. I, I'm still curious if baseball is going to work in Vegas.
0: Well, certainly we don't even know if football. A, a transitory work in city
1: that has to a transitory city that has to supply 81 games. You know, yeah. you can, you, In hockey, what there are 40 games. You know, uh, and then football, you have <clears throat> nine to ten. Right. You know, and by so, the way. I mean, yeah. Let's
0: not forget you've got to, you've got to send a bunch of people to a stadium that many times, 80 games in the dead of summer in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Like in football's fall in winter point. in the yeah. dead of summer. I don't care if people are driving or whatever. I don't care if you've turned that uh, entire stadium into a f- meat locker. If you're asking me to go out in a hundred and five degree heat, To go to a baseball game, just walking across the parking lot is going to be a challenge for some people. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know what they're going to have to build the biggest underground parking lot that's ever existed.
1: I know, and at the but at the same time, the AAA team in Vegas is outdrawing the big league team. Is it really? (laughs) I think they announced uh, you know twenty five hundred fans at uh, last night's game in Oakland, which is I I can't even uh, twenty five hundred. It was something crazy. I'd have to look it up, but it was in the two thousands. I don't. That, that's that's terrible.
0: Twenty five hundred. I feel terrible for those players too. I mean, my goodness, like there's
1: no way to get motivated.
0: No. What are you going to do? I, Just go. out yeah. I mean,
1: I have experience in that. I played in Montreal. I, right. I was on contraction phone calls. I mean, it, I played in Montreal.
0: You were were you you were there the year was it the year they were contracted or was it when did when did that happen when, I was when there did that over- my last year
1: you? there was two thousand well spring of two thousand two but I was there ninety nine two 2000, 2001 and uh, I was playing in front of five thousand fans in an eighty thousand oh. seat stadium.
0: Ooh, that has got to be that has got to be painful. I mean, yeah. look as a, as a musician who's played some gigs in front of nobody. Let me tell you mm-hmm. something. Yeah, that's similar. There's there is nothing less motivating than playing to one drunk guy. I'm telling Man, you, it is a, it is a it is a punishment. Frankly, mm-hmm. it is just like at that point, you really do have to do whatever you're doing for yourself. You can't do it for anybody else. The whole every bit of motivation, every bit of desire has to come from within. You can't draw anything from anybody else at that point. It really, no, I would imagine not, you're,
1: you're, Yeah, you're not playing externally. You're playing internally. Right. Separates the men from the boys on that one, I would
0: imagine, because if you're if you're good in that environment, if you go out there and you're able to be good in that environment, that says a lot about uh, about your character as a as an athlete, because who mm-hmm. I mean, and frankly, who could blame anyone if they weren't <laughs> you know, if yeah. you just went out there? I mean, I don't I can't say anything. Good Lord. All right. Well, Blummer, you're going to I'm sure I'll see you at the game this evening. Um, I look forward what is, to it. What is, uh, do you have any, I just dropped my, I just dropped something. I jerked around like I was, somebody Whoa. shocked me. Um, <laughs> I, dro- I dropped my wedding ring. It almost fell on the floor. I was pulling it off my Uh-oh. finger for a second because I had an itch. It was, it, I'm giving this explication about my ring and it almost fell on the ground <laughs> and I tried to catch it and I looked like a crazy person. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you're not now, you've heard all about it and please ignore <laughs> me. Um, so any final thoughts on the week coming up? uh uh any anything good going bes- hey what's happening outside of baseball are you going to play golf this week you finally got some good weather yep
1: yep no i'll be playing uh, actually we have a day off thir- dude if you're watching this on youtube check this out dear god this <laughs> what is this, right here,
0: you're this right here your heat
1: my right yeah exactly <laughs> i need to heat- go to the chop shop so my day off will be spent trying to figure out what to do with yeah. this this nest and uh and once Blown. i figure that out yeah you can laugh dude it's bad
0: oh no Well, um, look mine's not great mine's not great i mean this is not a, a really happy site either yeah, we're in a so bad
1: place right now i know
0: i gotta get to my boy tom to get my get as my grandfather used to say get my ears lowered so yep. I, <laughs> I gotta yeah. get in there because yeah i'm with you that's gonna and by the way i've been thinking about i need to ask you off air sometime I'm thinking of there's a driving range real close to my house. And I've been thinking about just getting a driver and going out there and hitting balls for nothing whack more it. than just, get just out there pure aggression. It. Just yep. pure aggression. Just get out. It's like a. it's not even a mile from my house. It's like a little yep. tiny little place. They got it. all it is is like a open field with a trailer. You know, that's like there you go. Like, I Straight like 10 cup. Yeah, exactly. It's straight up 10 cup. Exactly, one hundred percent. All right, guys. Thanks for being with us today. We will be back on Friday with a fresh pod brought to you by Bet Online. Huge thanks to all you listeners and viewers, and who got to see our messy hair today. <laughs> um, it's it's look. It's pretty spectacular for both of us right now. Um, mm. Mine looks mine looks better than Robert Smith's from the Cure did when I saw them on Friday but not a little rough man the thing is he sounded so incredible blummer i gotta tell you man matters he sounded an unbelievable he looked like he had been dead for a week but he sounded (laughs) unbelievable (laughs) so it's like uh so you guys are always great liking and subscribing and commenting on everything super thankful for all of you keep it coming uh have a great rest and as always go astros